fighting easier from outside the cage caveat. I've been saying it, and I feel like a sham. The way fighters are athletic and trained in the ways of unprofessionalism now, you are no longer just as safe and as easy outside the cage because sometimes people are coming at you uh, from a height advantage. They've got the high ground, which means it's time for verbal tap, pure mayhem. No professionalism happened last night. I believe that's what we should change the description of the podcast to. I'm going to try and convince Raf of that right now. I'm your host, Kevin. With me, of course, Raf Esparza. Raf, mayhem and unprofessionalism? I go to one goddamn wedding. <laughs> I try to enjoy myself, see my friends happy and wedded bliss, and I... At the end of the night, after working on the dance floor and putting in my time to say, yes, I am here and having a good time, put the fight on my phone because guess what? I've been a good guest and now I can remove myself from the situation because here on Best Coast time, it is 9 p.m., which is a universal sign of things are winding down. We're getting ready for the after party, right? I'm just going to go off to the side and look at my phone for a little while. And yes, there was a gentleman who, when he looked at me, knew I would be watching the entire night. I thought we had a friendship, except for one moment when I went up to him and I said, hey, dude, just wanted to let you know um, they're going to be starting uh, the co-main event coming up. And he's like, "Uh, no, they're not. It's the main fight. And I go, "Uh, who is the co-main event? He goes, I I don't, I don't know, but we're at the main event. And I go, their names are Tony Ferguson and Anthony Pettis. And they're coming up next. And he was kind of fighting with me about it. And I was like, no, I can tell you how it goes, dude. And I like that he was very, very like, nah, nah, dude, I know what's going on. Next thing you know, somebody walks out. I go, who's this guy? He's like, I, I don't know who he is. I go, his name is Anthony Pettis. And I would appreciate it if you know who he was. As a punishment, day, sir. he should have to watch that fight without being able to blink. <laughs> to be fair, he went back on the dance floor. So I don't hold him any grudges. I just know that once you told me it was a bloodbath, I go, oh, maybe it's better this way. Anyway, Kevin, that's not the point. Laughing the point is... my ass off every time I thought about what was happening in these fights and knowing yeah. you were at a wedding. Raph takes yeah. one fucking night off. And One day off, guys. First of all, let's start with the only poised people on the card. Michelle Waterson and Felice Herrig. For real. The only fight that will end up making sense at the end of this night. Because we have so much to cover with Volkov Lewis. So much to cover with how Reyes versus OSP ended. And yep. the grossest thing I've ever seen was Tony Ferguson versus Anthony Pettis. Outside of when yes. Anderson Silva's foot looked at us from the other <laughs> direction (laughs) this was it's been a while this was the grossest thing i have genuinely it was really bad khabib versus connor is an amazing fight despite if you were listening to the commentary team that got distracted or drunk or something but a lot of past and a lot of future tense not enough present tense raf you missed so many things i I know okay i don't here's what you should know yeah when the fight was going on I was watching it. So I was up live with Connor and Khabib. So I saw everything. Okay. And then I thought we were at business as usual, which means to me, Kevin, like, oh, the fight's there. Khabib looking dominant gets the tap for Connor McGregor. And uh, now I can get in this Uber with my wife and go home. And Kelly 
screeching the brakes. As I look down at the phone and she sees my face drops because this isn't a normal UFC. This isn't everybody gets in, your posse's happy and hyped to see you. This is melee. This is chaos. This is, oh, fuck. We have so many people watching for the first time tonight. There oh, no. are too many videos to even digest. Let's start there. Let's start with somehow you. I love the meme, the Larry David, where finds out Khabib might have essentially ruined the sanctity of a fight that I contest did not happen. Though I felt pretty stupid <laughs> per round ref when I was like, this fight, these aren't <laughs> happening. And it's like, world's greatest knockout, world's weirdest comeback. Somehow Derek Lewis doesn't have his pants on. I was like, sorry, Eric, you're welcome, world, for the all-time reverse jinx. I don't know. I don't know what I get credit or my yeah, witchcraft you, you, is I, really on display. I 100% thought about this, and I go, Kev was trying to tell us something all along. You know when a dog senses that there's going to be an earthquake happening? That was Kevin trying to warn us and saying, this fight won't happen. And then guess what? I was like, he just didn't phrase it right. He knew that there was danger <laughs> happening in front of our eyes. And he was, tried to warn us about it. There was it. something I wanted to communicate, but I just struggled to get where what we needed it, to go. Boy, what is it? Tell us what's going on. I tried. Timmy's so down a well? Caught her through a dolly at a bus? Well, come on, boy. What is it? <laughs> so everyone is livid with the hot takes. Here's what we know. Your meme okay. made light of the fact that Dylan Danis was the somehow Dylan Danis is involved. If you had asked me before a list of if I to write down a hundred people I think will be involved in an important moment after the fight, it, I wouldn't have listed him. I mean, maybe I should have, but immediately the commentary team's like, he appears to be going for Dylan Danis <laughs> as he exits yeah. the cage, and it wasn't one of those. He's now looking at him doing the Diaz finger wave. Like the yeah. what up, mother? This one was a full on. He appears to be attacking Dylan Danis's. <laughs> it's the that's when people jump in the cage, and I still haven't parsed through what's going on with Connor. But I would like to parse through what the f is going on with UFC security. I mm -hmm. get getting out of the cage. Of course, it's a risk. How are so many people able to get into the cage? So it's kind of like when we were asking Rich Byrne a couple of weeks ago, and we said, how did this happen when John Callisine just eluded security and made his way to Little Mama on stage at uh, Kasai 2 or 3, whatever? And it was one of those things where he just goes, I mean, which brings up the very real comment that a lot of people had, which was staged. And I'll tell you this much, Kev. There are moments <laughs> as a professional <laughs> wrestling fan that you can't help but look on the stage and go, that seems a little too perfect. And I thought to myself, I was like, I see Khabib going after Dylan Dennis, which, again, prompts the meme of, ah, fuck, ah, come on, I don't know. Going after Dylan Dennis, though, I mean, uh, did he deserve it? I don't know. So that was my initial reaction before knowing anything. Now we've got more footage and conspiracy theories than JFK assassinations because – I'll tell you this, guys. Yesterday, I came in with the idea of, all right, Khabib has settled it, even though he has said in the past that once the fight's over, it's not over. 
it could never be a handshake between the two. So I'm not expecting the world's best showmanship. <laughs> However, what I was immediately surprised by was Khabib wins, gets his opportunity to prove he's a much better fighter. He like I, I don't care what the commentary might have been saying or not. To me, it looked like no problem for Khabib at all. I think the weird part is you could see the Connor bias when they're trying to find out and going, ooh, look at Connor. He looked he looks so good with that one jab and man, he got up today. Look at him. He he got up in that takedown. Good for him. But let's be very honest. Khabib was mauling him for long periods of time and even was beating him at the stand-up, which a lot of people may not have been able to predict. So, again, kind of fun. Cool to watch, right, Kev? Very cool. Yes, yes. Actually, I texted you. I was giving Raph a whole soliloquy of what I was seeing through a heavy amount of substance abuse on my part. You, there's Specifically with this, I sent grappling is winning. That's how I felt the whole match. I completely didn't understand what was being called, and Rogan seemed to be pointing it out, but... I was impressed somewhat with how Connor rebounded with the flow, but he has no grappling counter. He just has none. And well, I think it's it was to me it looked a little bit more like Khabib's wrestling. Some people want to call it samba, whatever you call it. You can call it pressure because it looked like it was depleting Connor and I honestly thought to myself and I don't know if you had this thought, uh that's why you don't take 2 years off. Many times I'm still upset about the dumbest thing I did. This weekend, I was telling you, and I'm not even going to give the website a shout out because they don't sponsor us. And we will get to our sponsors, but I failed at a parlay. Sometimes you got to listen to your heart. I should have, I just should have somehow had Khabib and Tony Ferguson combined for money. I just felt very strongly about those two fights. Two years off is a long time. And we're not talking again about someone who's wired normally. Connor McGregor is not, but I would point out he wasn't working on his grappling much while he was boxing. We saw how little grappling they're allowed to hug and hug alone, and they're allowed to do it frequently. You are not much of a grappling danger in those rule sets. I don't know how much he's been grappling. I haven't seen much of it. I know Khabib's been grappling and really enjoys the hell out of it. And Damn, I wasn't ready for him to land some of the shots he landed standing. Yeah. Does Connor come back more hungry? I don't know. Does he fight Anderson Silva next? <laughs> he was talking about fighting a lot of people, not named Khabib. Uh, but Raf, rest easy. I did read he won't be pressing charges against Khabib's team. Just no way. Whatever. Okay. Whatever. Um, again, and I've alluded to this, but I think I want to kind of circle back. When you see that something looks like it's a professional wrestling sort of angle – the first thought you have is, well, of course, this is the only way it could have ended. With all of this buildup, with the fact that even people were suspicious about seeing a dolly get thrown at a bus and seeing all the UFC cameras conveniently where they were for a beautiful embedded episode. Then when you look around and you see this and you go, I mean, does it make sense that the most carefully orchestrated aspect of this all is that it was going after Dylan Danis, a character who Dana White refused to say his name, well, he, which is beautiful because it's consistent with him being different... in Bellator. There it is. I was just going to say, it makes 
to me, Khabib, I want to talk about the movie Troy for a second, Raph, which okay. is where I learned that when they say we we should settle this manner in the old way, it means your best warrior versus our best warrior. When I think of UFC and whatever Daniel Cormier's horseshit justification for Khabib's moronic assholery, first, Khabib does not understand how much he just got paid to fight. Clearly, because he's treating his body like, well, I'll give it away for free now here in a second with concrete and beer in the way. Two, we settled the manner in the old way that you got to honor the pact. You just choked out Conor McGregor. Enjoy the moment, dude. This is settled. And now raise your hands up. Enjoy how much money you're about to make. And then enjoy how much more money you're going to make. And if you would like to grapple Dylan Dennis, well, huh, I disagree with your, your business choices, but we can make that happen. Special verbal tap, midnight of edition, sub only. $20, I mean, don't forget, Kev. No. <laughs> yeah, $20,000 indeed. Uh, it would be $20,000 more than can be made last night because they're withholding his purse. Okay, so we need to address a few things here. Number one, you're bringing up the fact that Daniel Cormier spoke up on behalf of Khabib. And you're talking about the the really shitty justification that he got. So this is what Daniel Cormier said. Hey, guys, two wrongs don't make a right. Connor didn't deserve that. No one did. But some things aren't for fight promotion. Religion, family, country. Throwing stuff in Brooklyn for Khabib. It wasn't fight promotion. It was really personal. Different culture, man. Sucks. Now, I've gone on record in saying this is weak as fuck for a number of reasons. <laughs> well, two wrongs but, don't make it right, but let me remind you what that wrong was. <laughs> no, I don't think anyone's saying oh, Connor shit. didn't deserve this. We're all like, yeah, I can see it. Okay. It, this is... This is the probably most annoying thing about being someone who studied rhetoric, which is one of the first things you see is whataboutism in this whole scenario. We did a whole show chastising Connor, and we said, look, he threw a dolly at a bus. I don't care if that's scripted or staged. It's stupid. It's attacking a bus. It's ridiculously dumb. And yet, still a fight was happening. Still the UFC is going to use that footage. We knew that then, and guess what? Dana was very, very steadfast in saying, this is the worst fucking thing Connor's ever fucking done. Dana, are you going to use the footage as part of the promotion? Yeah, it's part of the story. I mean, obviously, we, we can't turn a blind eye to the facts. <laughs> now, I will say, cue ball, in his post-presser yesterday, all he wanted to do was come and just say, like, we sold three million pay-per-views. It's a fucking great night for Dana White. But instead, when the UFC app says, hey, go see Dana White's post-press conference, there was no Khabib 1 text. There was no here's how the most epic match ended text from the UFC app. It was uh, the only note you got about it was, yeah, Dana's going to go talk to the press mind you he had already given a snippet of what he was going to say on ufc tonight and he seemed very somber very sullen but you know what kelly picked up so much on though hmm. that was so fun to see kev 
my wife looks over at the TV, and when Dana White opted for this, he wasn't massively angry. Dana White chose the disappointed dad angle because when they asked him how he felt, he goes, you know, this whole thing with Connor more. and Beeb. Well, you know, yeah. You know, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it's uh, just – it really does bug me, and we're supposed to be here having a great night. I'm not even mad. I'm just disappointed. I was like, damn, dude. It's that kind of thing where the kid grounds themselves after it happens and you go, no, dad, it's fine. You can take my car keys. I'm, I'm grounded for a week. <laughs> That's what he was trying to go for. And unfortunately, with UFC fighters with giant egos, that doesn't work here. So let's address Daniel Cormier because I told Mark Shipper, who goes, he's made some good points here. This is the first line of defense for all people who love Khabib, because if this wasn't Khabib, DC would be the first on UFC tonight going, this is a travesty, this is not what this sport is about, but instead it's a, ooh, my friend did this, uh, and also, remember that part when I was in the cage with another champion yelling at the guy who's 27-0 and 0 to please calm down? Yeah, definitely number one source I want to hear from on this. I want to make it very clear. Khabib looked dominant, but I made the claim that as dominant as Khabib looked, I think we have evidence to say that Connor got in his head. That had no result that benefited Connor in the fight at all, clearly, because Khabib was able to just press through and use his wrestling, look and not even feel uh, like Connor was in the fight. And yet, at the very end, when he has this moment and he's trash talking, which is fine, he opted to jump over the fence. Now, Kev, this is the best interpretation of what I've got, which is I'm open to having uh, an ability to change a mind when you see footage. Okay, so the footage I initially saw was Khabib and his goons started this. And then we had people trying to justify with, you know, Connor deserves this. Okay, Dolly bus the way he talks okay so there's that that irish and, accent that's clearly fake yeah and people are are angling for any version to take connor to task for being responsible for this now again see previous show where we admonish connor for being an idiot who throws a dolly we've done that all right come back to this when you look at the footage, again, this is my interpretation, and this is based on the 14 or 15 different videos that people were sending me, and I'll put this to you, Kev. No matter if you put edit in the description that says, oh, hey, based on new evidence I've seen, here is what I think happens, no one cares. No one reads that shit because when they come to comment, they just go, yeah, no, this guy, no, Khabib, it's Khabib's fault. And they'll be like, well, did you read the part when I said, yeah, I think that's happened? No, no, no. It's Connor's fault because he looked at a guy. And when you look at a guy and then you throw the first punch, no. I get all that. Here's what happened. But can we please keep people out of the octagon seconds after the biggest bout in USC history? Can we maybe afford security to do that? I'm just imagining it's like Steph Curry sinks a three. Boom. Warriors win again. Oh, he's clocked by a Cavs <laughs> fan. That's not happening. It's just not the happening. Interesting aspect of it, though, is 
Khabib, I think security was coming on the inside and they weren't counting on Khabib to jump over. That didn't really seem like something that fits his character to do. So it's kind of a classic uh, movie distraction, uh, reminiscent of a Thomas Crown affair where the criminal seems to go one way and all the security goes that one way and then changes things, jumps up in the air and the other security goes, oh, we have no security left over there. Oops. Fucking Russians. Always one step Shit. ahead of us. They're not yep. in one category, though, Raph. And we're going to talk about Derek Lewis taking off his pants. And we're going to start a little <laughs> bit right now. I'm asking you the question, what's under your gi, Verbal Tap fans? I know what's under ours, NorthSouthJiuJitsu.com. Head to the website right now. Right now. Right now. Now. Opt. Do it. If you're moving, I wouldn't. What's under your gi? Jiu-jitsu underwear, engineered for hygiene, comfort, and durability. Damn, they're pretty. Way prettier than just nothing on your sh- shorts. That's embarrassing. If you're going to take your shorts off, make a statement. And make that statement about hygiene, comfort, and durability. Head on over to NorthSouthJiu-Jitsu.com. I'll tell you what. Raph, mm. Dana White could have really used in some core drink before he mm. upped his disappointed voice. He looks he's just so <laughs> tired. He needs to head over to Proven Nutrition, nutritional beverages, mixes for sustained energy and enhanced performance. Not sad performance, but enhanced performance. They offer free shipping over anything. Order price over $49.99. ProvenNutrition.com. Tell them Kevin 10 or Raf 10 sent you. Let's keep the pirate ship afloat. We love NorthSouthJiuJitsu.com, ProvenNutrition.com. Now back to whatever was going on well, last night, UFC this, 229. Hmm? I want to I be clear. Did you see any part of Khabib's post-press conference? No. No, I actually was quite sure after the... Um, fight cuckoldry you had experienced, you would have absolutely gone and seen it. And I was like, I don't want to hear it. I, I want to be, I want some mystery coming into this podcast. I've already watched way too much of this. What did he say? Okay. I want to preface this with reminding people Khabib was slowly starting to do what we call the heel turn or being the bad guy turn, where you got to sell a good guy. So weirdly, you got to turn the guy who threw the bus and is actually the pay-per-view draw. Uh, you got to turn him somewhat good so that people get invested because that's the classic storyline that Dana is talking about that they lift from the UFC or I'm sorry, the WWE in terms of telling a story. So we've talked about the fact that there's a weird morality or sense of righteousness that goes along with Khabib. And that really is one of the things that seems to at least bug me from the sense of I'm above it because I'm acting as a moral arbitrator, right? I love being a moral arbitrator, but I do understand that I rarely have the authority, the ethos. Absolutely. So we heard from Dana when he was addressing press. and I want to make it very clear to you, Kev. Dana was looking for any excuse to get out of this press conference. No less than four times did he say, we good? And everybody goes, no, we have <laughs> no, more questions. No one's good. And they kept it there. And at one point, it. he leaned to one side and had his like arm supporting his head to create that fulcrum of, I want to fucking die. 
And uh, they did ask him. They said, well, are we going to get to talk to Khabib? Did you talk to Khabib? And that's when Dana informed us that, yes, three of Khabib's teammates uh, were taken by the police. And that Khabib, he very briefly, I think, saw him and just kind of was in between everything. But he did say that they would talk to Khabib later that night. And I thought to myself, wow, I wouldn't expect Khabib to be there. I wasn't 100% sure he was going to come out and talk to Press Row. But lo and behold, Dana says he's going to come out there. At the same point, nobody asked if we were going to see Connor, But they said we would see Khabib. So Dana, after about a 30-minute solo set of being really sad and at one point being like, you know, nobody's even uh, asking about the pay-per-views. That's what this is supposed to be. Why is it so hard to be Dana White? Why can't I have one good fucking thing? I told you guys that I was it was going too good this week. I said that. Why did I say that? So anyway, Khabib comes out, Kev. Here's what he says. I want to apologize to uh, the Nevada Athletic State Commission. Period. Okay. So we're starting with the apology. Good. Number two, to the you know, guys, which is nice. I told you, I told you guys earlier that you know this is what Connor did with the bus. This is not okay. You don't bring up religion. You you don't bring up personal family. Uh, you don't do these things. This is not how a real martial artist acts. Wait, what? Oh, hold on. You're first saying you're sorry, which means you understand what you did was in the wrong. But you're saying that you're mad because Connor was doing things to you that were not beholden to what you consider a real martial artist is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Considerable. Mm-hmm. Okay. Love I, can this. Go with I that. love the benchmark, too, that we're setting. It's like, that sounds mm-hmm. logical, all of it. Okay. So your justification to show us. Exactly what Connor was doing was to become exactly what you said a martial artist is not. And that, my friend, is the crux of the Khabib as the moral arbitrator really doesn't make any sense. Because in order to show you guys how bad Connor was, I had to do what he would do, even though I won. So to me, he doesn't take any questions and that seems weak as fuck the messaging doesn't make any sense and morally i feel like khabib is trying to say i had to do it and thank you guys have a good night and people were trying to ask the question like in the same way that you would be asking trump a question and he pretends not to hear you and you're clearly like what are your thoughts on john mccain dying and trump's like i can't you know i can't sorry what did you say that was exactly where Khabib was as he put on the hat and uh, posed with his championship belt. And that's where we're at, Kev. Do you have further questions on that? Not at all about his press conference. Just really love. <laughs> it's like, are you a true martial artist, Khabib? Oh, yeah. Okay, well, then why did you exhibit those behaviors? Because I was I was sorry about that, but Connor did it. It's like, okay, this is, this is a fun game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really enjoy. Okay, well, he's selling out a lot to get his own bourbon so what's your goal uh what (laughs) yeah that's what i thought khabib enjoy going back to mocking the homes in russia it was always fun when we thought you were an ass 
And now but, we have some more proof. Kev, here's the weird part is we have so many people defending Khabib, and it really does open this back up to a couple different perspectives. Number one, that was not martial arts. What you guys saw last night, again, in one area where I do have the Venn diagram uh, understanding where Dana White's coming from, you know, this was a night that you want to celebrate. Even at my own table when I was telling people, I go, you know what the thing I really love about MMA, why I really got so wrapped up in it? It's more than just goonery and people being idiots. There really is a human ch- – oh, they, they're brawling? Okay. Well, um, also that – and it begs the question though because are we just supposed to accept the fact that this is a fighting sport and this is always going to be the way it is? Like as much as we want to class it up and say what great things happen – you know, to me, it's not super surprising in the sense that, I mean, okay, that makes sense. Even when Mike Tyson chimes in and goes, man, even my, my whole thing, uh, it wasn't even as crazy as that. And then somebody responded with, uh, (laughs) Mike Tyson's Twitter and said to him, you bit a dude's ear off. Literally. I don't think you get to talk like that, my man. I, you know, I so, actually do want to still rank that number one on most shocking <laughs> sports event. I think Tyson yeah, I, still is safe. And even after last night's little brush with skirmishness, we're okay. Yeah. And so, uh, I, I mean, here's the thing. You know, you get a lot of people doing different perspectives. They're trying to say Someone's it's a different culture. <laughs> They're trying to tell you it the was different the 90s. culture angle. <laughs> They're trying to tell you the Connor provoked it angle, the thing that's the most aggravating aspect of all of this, and we're getting all of these responses, is the fact that there seems to be someone else's behavior that explains your own. And so you do get those people who love the moment in a Clint Eastwood film where they go, the bad guy got what he deserved. And... I don't think that's going to end for certain people. I don't. I think that they enjoy the fact that somebody ended up winning a fight dominantly, and then they had to prove to somebody who's shit talking that they have to take them down a peg, and that people go, "Yeah, it's fine." I mean, it's fighting. It's fighting. So, to that extent, I would say this: Connor did look again like. He was responding to Khabib going over the cage and trying to start a fight and provoking that. I do get that. Having uh, Khabib's teammates come in and start to try and do shit in the octagon, that's weird and stupid. And I get it. Whenever some melee happens, things are awry. However, when people go, eh, I mean, who hasn't had emotions and acted irrationally like that? And I'm like, well, a lot of people. I can tell you this. I've been to many a different thing and never said, I think I need to start a fight. We just won a championship. Then I think I'm sorry, but you heard what he hey. said to me. I, I'm sorry <laughs> I fought, but you heard what he said. It's like you're not apologizing. Yep. You're, doing something, yep. you're doing something similar. It's just not. Yeah. And so I want to nice switch is, fights. Ahead, so yeah. I'm okay. ready to roll. Because we got to talk about Tony Ferguson versus Anthony Pettis. A fight my girlfriend, who is training to be a nurse, had to take a break from. This one got bloody. Pettis definitely broke his hand, we think. As I messaged you, we don't know because of all the blood exactly. 
there is a moment where the the ref, I swear, just stopped because they were both so covered in blood. He couldn't figure out if someone was seriously injured or not and needed towels to tell. They weren't. He let him go back at it. They jujitsu striking. Tony looks a little banged up at first on that knee because, of course, Anthony Pettis just kicks the shit out of it seconds in. But this was by far the craziest fight in terms of sheer violence and impact inflicted on each other. At one point, Tony Ferguson, by the way, is very thin and fit right now and had blood looking. He just looked like someone from The Walking Dead that hadn't survived even season one. And now he's just still a zombie. Terrifying fight. Great fight. Anthony Pettis' corner doesn't send him back out, which was the right decision. It was very much correct. So gross. God, I love this fight. It was fun, dude. Uh, I enjoyed a lot about this fight. I enjoyed the fact that Tony Ferguson got to really put on a display for his particular fighting style. And a lot of people were saying that Pettis was the better striker. I don't know that I agreed with that at all. I have vivid memories of seeing this fight and going, ooh, I don't like this fight for Pettis. But we got a good fight from it. And what we should be talking about is how great it is. What we are going to be talking about, Kevin, is how terrible Tony Ferguson's post-press conference was. Oh, God. What did he do? Okay. So it's already a hyped fight night. There's a lot of uncertainty as to what's going to happen. If you're going to see stars, if you're going to see the guys who are in the main event come out and have to talk to you. Baldfather was the one that was announced to go out there on the app, as I've mentioned before. And then they send Tony Ferguson hot off his appearance from UFC tonight. And I said, that's not Dana White. And I gave him a few minutes to do his thing. But is it a good indication of how the press conference is going, Kevin, if he stands up when he should be sitting down? No, that normally indicates you've lost control of something. Okay, well, he definitely stood up the entire time and proceeded to sell us on a timeshare called Tony Ferguson because it was essentially making the case as to why he is better than uh, Khabib and Connor, which, okay, you're selling yourself in your fight. That's fine. The way in which he was doing it made Kelly go from, oh, okay, this is fun. Let's see what Dana says to, mm, good night. Yeah, I want to go to bed. This is dumb. She looked at me and she goes, do we have to watch this? And I go, you don't. And she goes, I'm not. Because Tony didn't do anything other than congratulate himself and tell Press Row that he doesn't think they'd love to see him get a big head. And at the same point, speaking in a weird cadence of pacing back and forth and telling us, <clears throat> you know, I basically changed the game, you guys. I mean, I've just been doing this. I've been working out real hard. I came back, you know, and Tony Ferguson doesn't do that sort of stuff. And not to call yourself in the third person, but Tony Ferguson, man, you guys don't even want me with a big head. He mm. did scream incoherently after he won this bloody fight. I'll give you a real fucking ass up. And we think he was talking to Connor, <laughs> but it was really difficult to tell. It was like, sure. you're in an 11, and that fight was a uh, 20, so we need just a second. Can you give us maybe a four? 
I mean, I was thinking at a certain point, I go, is this him thinking that he's Chris Rock, that he's pacing back and forth on the stage to gain more energy, maybe solar wind himself, some more uh, one-liners? No, dude, it was atrocious. And it's only capped off by the fact that you look at it and you say, still not the worst part of the night. Yeah, I guess let's go for broke. Okay, talking never has been your strong suit, but at least your fight was amazing. And when Press Row asked him about his fight, at least we could talk about something that was uh, unquestionably uh, fun to watch despite how bloody it was. So props to him, man, because Sergio, or, you know, Anthony Pettis is a beast in his own right. So uh, props to Anthony for taking that fight. I, I enjoyed it, but, you know, if it means we have to watch Tony do a press conference again, I want security that was supposed to be there for Khabib to also follow Tony to keep him from going over five minutes. They Not enough people understand the comedian light, and not enough people give it. It's really a helpful <laughs> tool. To Anthony well, Pettis, low. was he there? No, I think Pettis went to go. Oh, we did find out. You told me about his hand, and yes, we did confirm his hand was injured. Uh, right. I think they were suggesting that it's part of the reason why he got dropped. I can't tell you that's part of the case. I think it's one of the things where, you know, when people try to piece together, like, when did your hand go? And you go, I mean, I was fighting. So estimates Uh, tell you maybe in those 30 minutes or also any time before that. Victoria was like, we should do that. I want to kind of see his hand with the glove off. I was like, no. No, I think they're going to leave that thing taped until they get to the hospital, (laughs) if I have to guess. (laughs) Next fight on the list, OSP versus Dominic Reyes. Ovin St. Preux, who is a dominant fighter, though, was getting beat up in this one. And Mm. I'm just going to... Okay, Dominic Reyes, I thought, won this fight many times throughout. I thought the judges the whole night were really... The refs were letting them inflict damage which mm-hmm. in some of the prelim fights, that was very obvious. It was like, you will be dead before we stop this fight. Dominic Reyes knocks OSP out, and there's controversy. I don't know how there's controversy about when a fight ends, but I know it has something to do with the refereeing and depending on them to listen. They call this a decision win for Dominic Reyes. I find that to be... You remember last year or two years ago when Des Bryant had the catch and we had the whole catch rule debate, and it's like when you Mm -hmm. ask a whole bar filled with people, was that a knockout, and everyone says yes? Just like they should just have bars where they pull in decisions. Dominic Reyes knocks him out. I love OSP. He's a great fighter. He got real. He was showing some toughness in this one. Dominic Reyes, I thought, KO'd him. Raph, another fight with a weird (laughs) ending. But the ending we deserved. This one was the one that we we put in time and hope for and said, I hope this turns out the way it does. Oh, that's a nice ending. Good for Derek Lewis. So funny. Just as I was trying to explain to you what happened, it was like, of course, Raps at a wedding. Of course he is. The, yeah. the broadcast yeah. lost its mind. But was there a horn? I didn't. I thought I heard a horn and it immediately... I could feel whoever's in ESPN's development team 
saying to themselves, okay, well, we need an MMA referee that knows what the fuck they're talking about to chime in during these moments because this broadcast has lost control. Well, once you told me there was the ending to this fight, I I needed to see it. So I was trying to, to figure out because, you know, as much as we like to say that Kevin can confuse easily, um, that's all on air stuff. But when you really talk about Kevin being confused as to how a fight ends, I don't think there are many ways you should be confused if fight ends. You should go, okay, that guy got knocked out and seeing we're done. Right. When Kevin's telling me like, I think the fight's done. I don't know. Is it TKO or just, I we're very confused draft when I go, uh Oh, we knew it was done. We were at that <laughs> point. I ascertained the fight was over what we were waiting for. And this is rare that we're waiting for buffer to tell us if a fight was a TKO or a decision. I've, I don't remember waiting for Buffer to tell me, but Buffer's like, by decision. I was like, okay, I guess by decision. All right. All right. By decision, Derek Lewis is the big winner of the night. Now, I will tell you there were weird moments in this fight against Alexander Volkov, and I thought Volkov had won the fight two, three times during the first round. This fight ends in a TKO in the third round with Derek Lewis somehow pulling a, a just amazing come from behind all of a sudden through that right in the correct place knocks out in alexander volkov cool weird fight mm. great fight good for Derek lewis back doesn't look great but back takes his mma shorts off we're not mm. talking about a lot of fabric already you you could wear the less i mean he that was an option to him just takes his shorts off. People are kind of looking at him confused. And, Raph, I can relate to this sentiment. His balls was hot. Mm-hmm. What are you supposed to do? Keep your pants on? No. Mm-hmm. Nope. Not mm-hmm. 2018. Mm-mm. Oh, he also said something about Trump called me and told me to whoop this boy for the Russians. Which I was like, well, do you think Trump's voting? Like, is he just if he's watching from home and it's us versus Russia, whose side's he on? I guess Derek Lewis might have received a personal phone call. I, I'm doubting it, but definitely gave a what felt like a pro Trump sort of here you go, not aggressively, just a little. So his balls was hot, but he's at least thinking about Trump. I'll tell you this. You know it's a good fighter when I get notes during the fight that say, we need to get you to talk to this guy, and you you need to interview him from multiple sources. Derek Lewis has been funny to us for a long time. That's not a surprise. However, I will say he became the hero we needed last night. He He did win. If every show needs a little comedy relief, especially mm-hmm. before the Ferguson Pettis fight, <laughs> there that's where Derek Lewis steps in. Derek was like, I'm going to take my shorts off. People need this. Maybe he knew. I'm going to make an ambiguous t- statement about Trump. And it, won't be one of, <laughs> it won't even be one of the 10 most surprising things said in these posts. Like, that was great. Dana, uh, yeah. Dana I mean, screaming in the octagon, I can't give you the belt to Khabib. People are going to throw shit was one of the saddest. I can't play catch with you speech moments I've ever seen. <laughs> it was so good. I very much appreciate Dana telling him that because it's one of the things where 
moral police goes out there, does what they do, comes back and goes, but I did the, the good person thing, so give me belt. And then he's thinking to himself, like, Dana goes, if I put this belt on you, they're going to be throwing beer and doing even worse things than they're already doing right now, which oddly isn't wrong. It just made for a weird ending because normally the post Joe interview is our way to transition. Thanks. Good night. Have a good night, everybody. Instead, you've got Bruce Buffer. And I don't know that I remember this ever happening, but it might have in the past uh, announcing the winner to an empty cage. So at the end, it kind of looks like Bruce Buffer won because he's the last man standing at this point. At that point, I couldn't tell if I had genuinely wished into fruition that the fight didn't happen. I was really <laughs> worried at this point. When I saw no one, I was like, what the fuck did I do? <laughs> Kevin you know, has the Kevin McAllister realization of, I wish my family away. I made my family disappear. <laughs> I could not believe this was the ending. But you know what I also really can't believe, Kev? What's Yesterday, I, I put on a poll on our Instagram, and I said, are you guys Team Smash or Team Fook? And it's based off an amazing illustration by Immortal Choke. And uh, you know it was really nice? I went to bed last night, and the numbers ended up being about 50-50. Okay? All right. Well, that poll was put on at, I want to say, maybe about 2, 3 p.m. yesterday, which means it runs for 24 hours, which means I didn't take it down. People are still voting. I think confidence in Khabib winning doubled on that vote after the fight happened. So basically, uh, Khabib and Conor were 50-50%. But don't worry, Khabib has now pulled ahead now that the fight is over. That's exciting. Yeah, there was about uh, 80 people who voted in just to say they think Khabib is going to win after the fight. And I screenshot them just to make sure that uh, (laughs) we would see how many people would be brave enough to come in as if, uh, you know, Khabib does the hard work and they go, I'm ready to vote now. Now I've seen it. I'm all, I'm, it's a good reminder. It's national voter registration time wrap. It's, uh, make sure people get, get registered to vote out there. Um, Instagram presents the reminder for the midterms, everybody. Um, yeah, I mean, that was good. And you mentioned the, you know, Michelle I didn't Watterson get to see all Watterson and Harry. Herrig had the coolest hair thing. It it was the first provocative art piece I've ever seen someone wear headwise. Mm. It was like this ribbon tapestry, but I asked two questions. One, does that make your head heavier? Two, sure. does it provide a protective coat? It looks kind of like almost a much cooler version of a football helmet from the 60s where it was just <laughs> that leather. It's a <laughs> it's so cool. She lost a tough fight to Michelle Watterson. This was a fun fight with some grappling, some exchanges. Some, it was a decision for Watterson, but it was a fun fight. I mean, and professional. Dude, it was, it, it yes. ended understandably. No one got in any extracurricular fights along the way. Uh, what else? <laughs> There's just a lot of professionalism. It was nice. I felt though, as I was uh, kind of taking it all in, I felt like, well, 
if you were tuning in for just one night, because again, I want to make it very clear to people, the last pay-per-view did 130K. So there's a reason the bald father was very excited about the possibility of 2.5 to maybe 3.5, somewhere in between there. A million pay-per-view buys. That's a lot more people. Like, that's that kind of percentage jump that you see with the green marker that says, you're doing a really good job, guys. So everybody was supposed to feel really happy. And then there's a whole bunch of confusing shit that even your most avid MMA fans are going, I can't explain this to you. This is weird. This black dude is taking off his pants and killing it on the microphone. Uh, I think this fight is ending. Maybe. I'm not so sure. Oh, okay. Khabib won. All right. That makes a lot of sense. Nope. (laughs) Nope. We're losing sense. Everything's gone to shit. This is MMA. This is what we watch. I promise you. It's not like this all the time, though it kind of is. But it's weird. Yeah. I I do want to give a few shout outs to some fights. They made Scott Holtzman elbow Alan Patrick to sleep. That was a very good fight oh. that ended quite aggressively. And I think wow, Holtzman, another fight where it was like, please end this fight. Like, please stop this. Vincent I Luke. I very clear that you were texting me and I was watching part of that fight. And it was right before the ceremony was starting. Like, you know, everybody that moment where everybody's just kind of like hanging around and not doing anything. And I was putting in some good time and talking to people. And I go, oh, are we still not ready for the ceremony? Uh, my phone's happening. And that's when I knew I had friends there. So go on. It was very disturbing. <laughs> the amount of I just don't want to get put to sleep via elbow. That doesn't sound fun. Please stop the fight before that. I w- probably would have given up my back. <laughs> I think I would have taken the here you go. She goes give it the old choker. Uh, my RNC defense does not feel very good right now. Vincente Luke knocks out Jalen Turner. Pretty stunning fashion. Josier Formiga. Does some great Sergio Pettis work. He, uh, it was a human backpack moment, which is always one of my favorites. <laughs> and uh, I did not see the early prelims out outside of I did. Well, they ended up playing the Nick Lentz Gray Maynard fight, so I got to see Nick Lentz really unleash holy war. Oh fuck! Mm. So good. Mm. There were some good knockouts. It was good fights. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, guys, here's the good news. I think you got your money's worth on this pay-per-view. It was a little bit of a movie. It was a little bit of theater. There was a little bit of production. And, uh, you know, did Shakespeare write this a long time ago and we're just playing it out? Who knows, Kev? But I can tell you this. um, it, It was weird. It was fascinating, and uh, of course, I I value guys this. I'm going to try not to miss any more pay-per-views. I can't promise you it's going to happen, especially for the major, major ones. But I clearly understand the results of both of us. I understand that Kevin prompted and tempted fate by trying to warn us ahead of time something was happening. And I commend you for that, Kevin. Thank you. I also recognize that I'm normally on UFC duty and stationed by my computer, near my phone, with my iPad. And this time, all I had was just my phone. And I might have let us down. 
And, uh, you know, I, I, I take as much responsibility for this as Khabib does for the fight. You're, that you're not the, the hero we need. You're the hero we deserve right now, Raph. Right. Right. Yeah. And I wouldn't have attended that wedding if, uh, you know, if Khabib or Connor didn't start it. So it's really their fault, guys. I'm sorry. But it's their fault. It's really their fault. And there's, there's, I just can't wait to see the, the fallout, I guess. So we had an over under whatever with happy rolling BJJ, Tony D'Onofri. The audio is not good on this combination. All of us, the hangover, we used the Dana White security team for sound this morning. And this is just <laughs> what you get. You know, it's hard to get in. So uh, please give it a listen and, and bear with us. But we, I mean, frankly, Tony's just imagine what he's saying anyway. Just nice, 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 whatever. Uh, <laughs> and you'll you'll get it. He's, he's we there. also discussed the possibility of me recreating his voice and uh, playing him. Uh, we just felt, you know, it just takes too much time. However, uh, imagine you discover a black box after a crash. It's kind of what it sounds like. So make of it what you will. Uh, just think of it as another fun game of here's some more footage that people found of Connor and Khabib's uh, post brawl. And oh, no, oh. it has about worse sound quality than that. Uh, two notes as we transition to this, Raf Joe Rogan definitely thought um, at one point there was an accusation of fish hooking <laughs> in the Volkov Derek Lewis fight. He was like, "Is he saying there was fish hooking?" No one said fish hooking. Joe Rogan just <laughs> thought that's what someone was saying. There is no real thing of fish hooking in terms of MMA with what we saw, and it was one of Joe Rogan's. He's just like, "Oh, sorry, sorry, guys." It's like, well, the acid is supreme tonight, Mr. Rogan. And Mm. next, in this same fight, Volkov lost his mouthpiece, and Herb Dean hands it to him. And Volkov, like a baby bird, thought Herb Dean was going to put it in his mouth. It starts, like, leaning down like he's taking the bite directly from your fork. (laughs) And Herb Dean's like, no. It hands it to him. And it just, Volkov had this, like, oh, oh, I thought you put it in my mouth. Is that not? I just like the idea of him going, you know, that's not how my coaches do it. Do it like (laughs) my coaches do. Do They say nice things about me. Call me baby bird. Yay. Fish hooking. All right. (laughs) Happy rolling PJJ's Tony Dinoff. I'm hitting record, Raph, on this tractor fire. I was also assaulted last night, but you go ahead and intro whatever this is. Okay. Okay, so we're still trying to piece together what happened, and I think it's important that we figure out who won this thing called Over Under Kevin. Kevin, I I mean, we're still in the process of having people uh, express their emotions, but why don't we ask happy... Rolling, BJJs, Tony D'Onofrius. What do you feel happened yesterday? In regards to McGregor Khabib? Whatever. In regards to a pay-per-view, like... like, (laughs) It's getting very, very professional wrestling. 
I don't know if they're trying to sell it, but it could be heal. But people didn't hate it as much as they say they hated it. It was not a good experience for the viewing crowd. What's what's your okay, I'm just gonna pull the band-aid off here. Tony, you won via horseshit prelim victories. I was defeated despite my Khabib and Tony Ferguson predictions being uh exquisite and unrivaled in their boldness last night, though I actually think they were both favorites. Tell us your thoughts on victory. And I don't know, are you going to try and have some of your friends attack me? Have you thought about a strategy yet? Uh, uh, strategy, I don't know. I, I think I can attack you with memes to put some salt on the wounds. Victory is, is for those who are willing to pay the price. It, it feels good to win. It feels good to win. I think I'm um, due for some uh, washed up cone memes. I am extremely washed up. We're, we've got a little bit of a service breakage. I can mostly hear you. You defeated me oh, via pr- prelims. Did you have some sort of prelim insight you've been hiding? Where did this come from? <laughs> I don't know. You guys know in the last show, I barely knew what you were going. I'm still keep trying to keep poison <laughs> so you're saying like the presser i'm the nothing you 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 knew nothing and i lost to that i lost to just nothing yes great that's, that's even <laughs> great so you got the same belt khabib got last night we're not gonna give it to you live no one gets it live <laughs> just know we're gonna send it in the envelope because we don't want to cause a ruckus here at verbal tap studios damn it <laughs> Yeah. Do you want to? Raph and I have been going back and forth trying to piece it out. This is what Raph gets for going to a wedding. We've been saying that this this night of whatever this was. What was the weirdest <clears throat> moment for you, Tony? I know you you watch MMA, you watch the stuff, you watch pro wrestling. Thank God, so you're familiar with what happened last night. What was the one you're like? What? Go for it. Uh, weirdest moment, I think the Derek Lewis versus Voltron fight, which, uh, way, and I thought Derek Lewis was knocked out a few times, but when he did that round KO, oh, it was magical. And then he takes his shorts off. <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> I thought he was going to retire, but I guess it's... <laughs> I honestly was asked... I was asked by girlfriend goes, who are you rooting for in the, I could called him Voltron too. The Voltron Derek Lewis fight. And I was like for Derek Lewis to retire, whatever that is. If it's, he wins. Great. If he loses. Great. I, that's just all I was rooting for. Didn't get it. You know, in like uh, college wrestling or wrestling, like they take their shoes off after the match. It really symbolizes shoes on the mat. It's like symbolizes their, and they're retired. But that's, I thought that's what he was doing. I don't know if I was just thinking about Hunter Rousey at the moment. I just started thinking about the shorts. <laughs> okay. I think I stopped, so, I stopped and had my taco. I was like, whoa. Is that a thing wrestlers do? Do wrestlers take their shots? I'm sorry. I didn't know that. Yeah. They, they, 
wrestlers do take their shoes off as a means of saying that they're retiring. So, oh, okay. Um, okay. <laughs> Derek may have taken his pants off as a means of being like, well, you know, not always his balls hot, but he's ending his male hey guys, career. He's done. He's not going to do it anymore. My love of Ronda Rousey. I've, <laughs> I realized it was a good gimmick and uh, it's been fun. Listen, here's the thing, uh, Tony, we're going to go ahead and leave on this note, but I want you to have an opportunity to say uh, something to Kevin before we get you on out, out of here. All right, Kevin, you were a very worthy opponent. Uh, I expect to see some watch of Craig Jones me. And <laughs> just for sportsmanship, I think we'll make some Pettis and Herrig memes. I think that was part of the bargain. <laughs> I challenge you via meme to explain what was going on with Herrig's hair. I'm in. If I, if you could do that, I'd appreciate it. I don't know. I was wearing like a wrinkle break. Like, what in the world is going on? Took me almost. I I was like, what is that? I was trying to Google it. I, like, I gotta get this. <laughs> was it beads? I don't understand. They put that ring. We settled know. on ribbon. Gittles. We settled on ribbon. Some kind. <laughs> Well, speaking of the wedding, I think it's going to be funny how, you know, you get tagged in, like, Facebook memory of a year ago, which, after uh, you want to, I guess the date is ruined officially. Instead of people remembering the wedding, you're going to remember this McGregor riot. <laughs> <laughs> the single family ruined the greatest day for somebody. Yeah. He's not wrong. All right. Well, well, Tony, let's go ahead and uh, now that you've done your victory lap and talked to your opponent, let's go ahead and get you say, where can people find you, good sir? Uh, you guys can find me on Instagram at happy underscore BJJ. Please remember the BJJ part. Otherwise, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to pull up some smoke shot. Uh, happyrollingbj.com. You heard it here. Mm. <laughs> What a statement night for the UFC (laughs) and mixed martial arts professional. I think that's a good statement night. That night had impact. That's what we'll say when we're trying to figure out how to describe it. I was thoroughly enthralled by last night's events. Cannot lie. High degree of that was fun to watch factor. But it's time to round third on this podcast wrap with some shout outs. Yes. I shall start to Dom Cruz's speech coach. You've, you're doing the Lord's work, so keep keep going, but let's just stay in the present tense and call the fight not what we hope the best qualities of a fight are going to be. It's more of like a backward shout-out to the many fine people at Jubera keeping the place warm and getting... It, he keeps making upgrades, Raph. Jubera's <laughs> like, by the time you come, I think he's going to have a butler. We'll find out. Oh, There's man. A lot to get back to with the the Jibera crowd out there. I still see the work, and I'm I'm just excited. Raph, wrapping up some Ohana yoga this week, and massive shout outs to Misha Cupcake Tate for hanging out with the grappling world. She's a delight. Uh, you know, commentary wise, it's okay, but she's a delight. It was fantastic, and that's gonna do it for me, Raph. 
I'm so glad that you put it that way. Uh, we're going to have a separate quintet episode, guys. So don't worry. We're going to get to that. But, you know, pressing news required us to give you our takes so that you can go back and type how angry you are about it. So shout out to you, the fans. Um, let's do this. Shout out to Dylan Dennis for giving us something to all rally behind or against. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. I just know that whenever you hear his name go up, uh, it happened in the best way possible for the Dylan Dennis, which is people seem to think he was an okay fighter based on the King Koopa aspect of it all of when Khabib was jumping in the air and trying to stomp on him. And they go, you know, Dylan Dennis kind of held his own. And you go, that's probably the nicest thing anybody's going to say about Dylan Dennis's MMA career. Number one. Number two, uh, it also seemed to probably create a spike in his name. And, uh, Kev, this is something I thought, and this is the shout out I wanted to give to my, my friend Adam Mazin, who said, uh, in response to Strip Khabib of his belt, said, Strip Dennis of his Instagram. And I go, that's the most right response. That ever, <laughs> Zelda, this is where we've always talked about an MMA court of appeals. Couldn't agree more. Every, there should be a <laughs> common sense finding. It's like, Dylan Dennis doesn't get to be at any live events for six months. Do we all agree? Everyone's like, I, perfect. Yep, yep. So uh, shout out to him for making it a little easier to digest this weekend. How about, you know what, Kev, can I tell you a nice little thing about the wedding? Mm-hmm. We met some lovely people. Uh, I believe the Navarros who were sitting next to us, they were so nice. Uh, they, This man who was talking to me was telling me, uh, you know, hey, man, that's really cool you have a podcast. He goes on the website, looks at it, and goes, is this you guys? And I said, yeah, it's us. He's like, cool. And he goes, that's really cool. Are you going to talk about everything? And I go, yeah. If I talk shit about you guys, I apologize now, but I must report what actually happened uh but he was so nice and it was so cool to to converse with him uh and his lovely wife so it's always nice when you make friends when you go to a wedding but there was a really sweet aspect to this weekend which is two of the people or three actually of the people who used to work for me at NBC uh were bridesmaids for uh one of our former pages caitlin who got married this weekend And it was really nice to see people who uh, used to work for uh, a company I used to work for all still being friends and, you know, uh, looking very nice and having a good time. So it's one of those things where I haven't seen them in a few years altogether. uh, And it was so funny to at one point uh, Paige, who used to be Paige the Page, sees me on the dance floor and then just goes, I haven't seen you in two years. Ah!" Just comes up and gives me a hug. And I was like, that's really funny. But, uh, Caitlin, uh, through a fantastic wedding, it was so much fun. And it was so nice because I told people when I was leaving Quintet, I was the only person leaving Vegas to come to LA. Everybody else was trying to get in. And uh, people were asking, like, you know, are you mad about it? I was like, nah, my friends are are pretty nice people. And uh, they know I'm a sports fan. And they know it's, like, the biggest MMA day. But I was so happy to be there and uh, share that day. So I thank them for the invitation for both myself and Kelly. And, you know, you guys know VMAC and LA Jiu-Jitsu Club. So shout-outs to them. 
And shout out to you, Kevin, because there was a niceness about when I was off duty that you were sending me texts and notes. And that was very helpful, especially as we started to get to the like heavier parts of the wedding. And I go, I can't be looking at my phone right now. They're about to say I do. But Kevin, I feel my phone buzzing in my pocket, which means we've got some fight finishes I'll look at. Damn right. <laughs> it was, I was having fun texting you, and Victoria was enjoying the show as well. It was just like, this is great. Because <laughs> she knows enough to know it was crazy. She is aware. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Everyone watching, it's like, what is you know what this? It is? <laughs> yeah, it's like this. It's like trying to make an excuse for your child and just going, he's normally not like this. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. It's like, listen, is your dog listen, friendly? Listen. Yep. Rawr, 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 rawr. Oh, damn it. <laughs> and I think that's going to do it for me. That'll do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thank you for listening. Good night and good fight. you have dialed has been changed. The new number is, please note, the new number is